Good morning and welcome to the April 25th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're going to take a look back at the wrestling business on this day in 2000. Way back at the start of our journey here at the Daily Wrestling News Show, the second article I ever wrote was a snapshot look at a random August Monday in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, while WCW was dominating the ratings back in 1997. But by the year 2000, both companies had flourished to the point of adding a B-show to their weekly programming. WCW added Thunder to Thursday nights in January of 1998, and the WWF dipped their foot in the water in April of 99 by producing a one-off special to go head-to-head with a single episode of Thunder. Emboldened by the results, SmackDown was added to the permanent schedule four months later at the end of August. But WWF wasn't just desperately playing catch-up in 1999 like they had been when I wrote that look back at 1997. WWF reversed that trend in late 98 and never looked back. And as we take a peek at the memorable set of TV tapings for their B-shows here in 2000, you'll see just how dramatic that change had become. The launch of SmackDown had an unforeseen effect on the WWF-WCW rivalry. As Ryan detailed in episode 46 back in October, the addition of SmackDown virtually doubled the workload of the WWF's writing staff. And without a significant pay raise to go along with it, This led to the departure of Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara from WWF. The two men who were heavily credited for helping turn the tide in WWF's favor almost immediately landed with the competition and kicked off a run for WCW that is memorable for all the wrong reasons. And on this day in wrestling history, April 25th, 2000, both the WWF and WCW held tapings for their secondary shows where the direction of both companies was not only obvious, but in stark contrast. The WWF was in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the home of the Charlotte Hornets, better known as the Hive. Early in the show, we see the DX Express pull up to the arena, and as the bus doors open, WWF Champion Triple H, Vince McMahon, Women's Champ Stephanie, Shane O'Mac, Road Dogg, and Tori all file out. A video package airs of a memorable moment from the previous year of Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's currently recovering from neck surgery, pulling off one of his more destructive stunts, crashing cars in the parking area with his 316 monster truck. Unbeknownst to most of the audience, this would be a harbinger of vehicular damage to come. This show has some quality in-ring moments. After losing the light heavyweight championship to Scotty Tuhati just over a week ago on Raw from East Rutherford, New Jersey, Dean Malenko wins back the title and embarks on a reign that will last nearly 11 months. And Crash Holly would defeat Matt Hardy to begin his sixth run as WWF Hardcore Champion. But the night is most remembered for something that happened outside the ring. During a promo segment where The Rock locked horns verbally with both his backlash opponent for the WWF title, Triple H, and Mr. McMahon himself, McMahon teased The Rock that the idea of having Stone Cold Steve Austin make his big return at Backlash and having him in his corner for the big title match might not be the safe bet The Rock thinks it is. He reminds Rock of Austin's own words, don't trust anybody. But The Rock isn't worried. He's been in touch with the Rattlesnake and knows that not only will Austin have his back during the main event at Backlash, 
Rock shocks the crowd by announcing that Austin will make a special appearance here on SmackDown later tonight. This news made the crowd explode, while the mere thought of Austin's presence made Mr. McMahon visibly gulp like a cartoon character. The rest of the night, McMahon is vexed by reminders of Stone Cold. From Stone Cold foam fingers plastered to the front of the DX Express, to the nearly life-size cardboard cutout of Stone Cold left around unsuspecting corners in the backstage area. Later, the same crew who arrived on the DX bus heads to the ring for the last segment of the night. Shane and Vince and Triple H all take turns daring Stone Cold to show his face and come to the ring, but the requests go unanswered. The Rock instead appears at the top of the ramp to talk a little more trash before throwing to the Tron, where Stone Cold appears for the first time in months to a huge ovation. Austin not only has some words for McMahon, Helmsley, and company, but an example of what might happen to anyone who dares to lay their grubby hands on old Stone Cold. He then climbs into the cab of a heavy-duty construction crane with an Austin deconstruction label across the side of it and proceeds to drop a concrete traffic barrier on the DX Express, which somehow causes the bus to explode and burst into flames. Smackdown ends with smoke and flames pouring out of the DX bus. Meanwhile, at the War Memorial in Syracuse, New York, WCW is taping an episode of Thunder that will air the following night in front of a scant 1,200 fans. Personally, I had completely forgotten that Thunder moved to Wednesday nights, and the inability to put butts in seats is something that I wasn't probably even paying attention to at the time. The show opens with Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, and Kimberly Page dragging actor David Arquette to the ring. Jarrett sinks in a chokehold while demanding a match for DDP's WCW Heavyweight Championship. An odd one at that. He wants a tag match. Jarrett will team with Bischoff while DDP partners with Arquette. Whoever records the pinfall will be declared champion. Go ahead and chuckle at my naivete as I sat in front of my VCR back in 2000 and scoffed at the idea that while I wasn't sure who the culprit was just yet, clearly either DDP or Jeff Jarrett was too selfish to put the other one over, and this lame tag match was obviously a way of taking an L while either Bischoff or Arquette counted the lights. Go ahead, I'll give you a second to laugh at me. But this was the Vince Russo era of WCW, and just when you thought you could guess the most ridiculous thing the WCW Brain Trust could come up with, a voice could be heard in the distance exclaiming, Hold my beer, bro. So the four competitors make their way to the ring before we meet the referee for the encounter, DDP's estranged and bitter wife, Kimberly Page. Oh, okay. The fix is completely in. I see. Early on, Bischoff and an already battered and bruised Arquette fight to the backstage area. And Bischoff re-emerges moments later with a big smile on his face as if to say he had taken care of Arquette for good. So this tag match had turned into a handicap match. Three on one at that when you count Kimberly. And while you all know where this car wreck of a match is headed by now, maybe you don't remember just how bad it was. Arquette comes limping back to the ring late in the match. DDP misses Jarrett with a clothesline and almost collides with Kimberly in the corner. He decides, what the hell, and plants a kiss on the woman who just recently filed for a divorce. 
and that Jersey Shore lip lock is enough to bring Kimberly to her knees. Jarrett grabs the world title and blasts DDP. Arquette spears Bischoff. Jarrett hooks a leg on DDP as Arquette hooks a leg on Bischoff inches away from one another. WCW referee Mickey J slides in right past DDP's shoulders and completely ignores the Jarrett cover and proceeds to count the 1-2-3 to crown David Arquette as the new WCW World Champion. And it all happened on this day in wrestling history, April 25th, 2000. So if you ever find yourself looking for an example of polar opposites in the future, consider the idea of one major wrestling company welcoming back perhaps its most beloved champion of all time, on the same night their biggest rival crowns a D-list actor as their new champion in front of a crowd that could barely fill the ECW bingo hall. Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at minutestobelltime.com. This episode was written by John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.